Hey everybody, welcome to the South Point Session Podcast, and I'm Pastor Josh, and this is Pastor Matt. Oh, got a new hat, eh? I did. I uh, took the time to go downtown today. Amazing. And I got a hard-pressed hat, and to my joy... Chagrin, maybe? Maybe even chagrin, (laughs) though, um, come to the realization that everybody has this hat. You have this hat. Yeah, but it's a different uh, different model altogether. I mean, you have this beautiful mesh backing. I, I, I want you to picture this with me, folks, okay? Beautiful mesh backing, a Saskatchewan flag, all black, brings out your eyes. This is your hat. Mine, after a summer of uncontrollable dust, is dusty and gross looking, so you're... You're you're good. You're now good. let me ask you a question. When when you go and purchase a hat, yes, um, do you have to get and I quote, big fit? Um, no. But so here's the problem. So your head is beautiful. Um, I know this is probably very awkward for everybody to listen to, but your head is it, you have a good head. Me, if I strip away my beautiful hair. Um, I end up looking like a rat. My head is so small. <laughs> my ears are so big. Wow. I look so weird. So um, anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm so a bit I, jealous. I, I bought a new hat and I had to get the big fit because the regular fits of snapbacks are leave me with only two little buttons to work with. And you know what happens if one of those little clip button things breaks. You can't, your hat cannot hold on with one clippy button thingy. Yeah, and I've seen you get mad before. And that vein <laughs> in your head goes and yeah. who? Over a hat for sure. Shamala Hamala. Shamala. Right. So, uh, so let's talk about what we, we, let's go a little bit deeper. I want to go deeper, but I don't know how to swim. Stephen Curtis Chapman gets me every time. Honestly. Uh, but we do want to go deeper based on what we talked about yesterday. And so we kind of kind of grazed really the the surface. Did you use a farm analogy right there? What do you where where, where where are you headed with this? So yesterday we we actually just kind of touched the surface on this idea of intentional worship what that really looks like we talked about a whole you know a whole slew of different things just on the practicality of what that looks like on a on a day-to-day basis and how simple it is but difficult it is so uh, i would really like to pick up from yesterday and kind of go into it just a, a little bit more because really at the end of it i think there's a lot of folks that are listening that have a lot of great intentions intentions around doing um you know actually having a relationship with God that is worshipful. But on the other side of it, ultimately there is this struggle around, well, how do I fit it in? And am I doing it good enough or well enough that God isn't angry at me or thinks I'm an idiot? So, yeah. Right. Okay. So I want to get this out of the way. Um, I'm going to lay a foundation for this conversation. I love it. And... I think there's two parts to this foundation. The Bit, foundation. Bitcoin and Ethereum. No, we're not talking oh, okay, crypto. We're not talking crypto. That's another podcast. 
so there's two foundations to this. There's the church's side, and then my response to the church's side. And what I mean by that is this. And I think this is my juicy little tidbit. Okay. I think that there was and is a season where church and pastors and leaders and people who are the spiritual head have put a, hmm. The buildup is amazing. I know, by the way. Um, have put pressure on people on what their spiritual lives are supposed to look like that they, the leader, don't even achieve. Ooh. Okay. So what I mean by that is this. Uh, growing up, you'd sing songs at church like, read your Bible, pray every day. I don't know that one. You don't know that one? I. You know what? Okay. You're not yeah. the best gauge for I'm this. not the best gauge. There's somebody listening to this podcast yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah who just finished that song by saying, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Okay? Okay. And we, we put it in people's heads and hearts that they need to read their Bible every day, mm-hmm. that you need to go into deep prayer every day. And even what we talked about on Sunday, that everything that you do, everything you wear, everything you say, every act, every decision... Choice is worship, right? And then we 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 lay that smorgasbord out for people. Yeah. And then my second point is the response to that is, well, if I screw up once, God must hate me. Yeah, I've failed. I am not a good Christian. Mm. I'm not a good spiritual person. I'm not a I'm not a faithful believer. And then what a lot of people do is, or I know a lot of people who once they screw up or can't do it perfectly, they just don't do it at all. Hmm. And I think when you put those combination of things together, we have set people up to fail. And I go back to this passage in the Bible where Jesus went up to pray. Mm -hmm. And... His disciples went up with him, right? And it didn't even last an hour. Right. And what happened? They all fell asleep. They all, they all fell asleep. <laughs> That'd be me, for sure. Right? So these these are the disciples. These are Jesus' close... These people are walking with the Lord. Literally. And, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And, and they couldn't even do a spiritual discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To stay awake. And so I think when we talk about worship as a lifestyle, when we talk about being intentional with our worship, I think the first thing we need to break down are the walls and the barriers that we as Mm. pastors have put up where I'm going to be real moment of transparency here for you. I don't read my Bible every single day. What? Yeah, neither do I. Uh, so, agreed. <laughs> right? Okay. I, I pray. Yeah. And I try to pray every day. And and sometimes that prayer is five to ten minutes. Yeah. Sometimes I get a little bit more time. Sometimes my prayer is, Jesus, don't let me kill my children. Yeah. 
Um, you know, yeah. uh, Jesus, give me patience with my, my family and my wife, or, you know, there's people at my church or my job or my business or that are driving yeah. me crazy. Please help me. But, but it's not like going up to a garden and pacing around the, 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 the sanctuary yeah, yeah. with our Bibles calling down angels you know like and and not that that's not that that's wrong and i'm not i'm not bashing pastors i'm not because intentionally i think they are trying to to raise the standard for people and call people to a higher standard in their spiritual lives and they're trying yeah and and i i I agree with you on on all of that i think my the pushback would be okay so if if that's the case then why did all of that stuff happen Right, because this is what people are thinking. So people that do that stuff, the pastors that did, you know, show up five hours early, pacing a sanctuary, you know, all of those, like their their churches grew, and people came, you know, became followers of Jesus. So I think people make the the connection point, like, well, if you do all of those things, like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, that's going to mean that everything's going to blow up. And on top of it all, I think, and this is this is just my opinion, I think. That people want these mythological spiritual heroes um, because it makes them like have something either to attain or makes them gives them an excuse for like I'll never be that, so why would I try to be that? Right, and I think the problem with that is for every mythological spiritual hero that is perceived um you know a bigger church or a a larger following or a larger social media Mm. presence there's the small town pastor who is doing as much spiritual prayer and pacing and totally challenging their congregation and they don't have that Mm -hmm. so we we think we put a lot of emphasis and emphasis in the wrong places. Yes. In the wrong classes. Syllables. Syllables. And, um, and, and so I guess my point is that I wanted to break down the wall of this, which is that, the you know, there's that saying, <laughs> the old like churchy saying, the minute you put God into a box, mm. he's got his hand on your shoulder saying, hey, who's in the box? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not necessarily sure. I'm going to put it this way. For a long time in church, I think we've, we have somehow laid out recipes mm-hmm. of spirituality and believe that those recipes work for all things and all people. Totally. And, and because we've laid that out for people, when that recipe doesn't work yeah. for somebody, their faith is shook. Totally. What I'm struck by in the Bible a lot is that Jesus gives us the what we should be doing, but you relatively see no hows. And I think that's what's so impressive about it, right? Is like when you look at things like the Great Commission or even when it comes to like don't forsake gathering together. Great. Well, when that was written in Hebrews, like, okay, cool. That's great. But the author is saying what you should do. Like, don't forsake gathering together. But he never says, like, you have to meet once a week. 
at this time. And it's got to look like this. And, and I think that is what is tripping up a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Is the, exactly what you're saying, that that recipe that mere pastors, because like a lot of us, and, and this is not a bash on pastors. Like, No, it's not, because it, we're both pastors. We're, we're both pastors, but we've been around long enough to know that there are a lot of pastors that say one thing and do another. We've been around to watch guys actually look like they're, you know, the supreme beings, like they're all spiritual, and then turn around and find out that they're doing stuff behind the scenes, and it wrecks churches in ways that are are not good. Like you said, it actually starts tearing away people's faith because they put so much, like, those ingredients worked for this person, and in the end, like, he wasn't even following, or she wasn't even following those ingredients. What does that mean for me? Right. So that's why I say, like, I think the what is important, right? But the how, right? And I think that's the that's the principle of intentional worship is. Wh- okay, so I'm somebody who doesn't love, and I, I don't want don't at me. Okay, <laughs> I don't love worship music. Oh my gosh, I know, and, and I don't listen to worship music a lot. Right. But for somebody maybe like my wife. Yeah. She loves worship music. Mm-hmm. You know, it stirs the cockles of her heart and she loves it. Not my thing. It's not my thing. So we instantly in that context mm-hmm. worship different. Yeah. In that context. She um is a writer. Right. And so she has a blog and she expresses herself and her faith through that block. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am not a writer. Right. I'm a talker. Yeah. Right. So you, the list goes on and on of how every single person is different. So every recipe has to be different. Every, every ingredient yeah. is different for every person. And so if, if worshiping God to you is taking five minutes and going for a walk mm-hmm. or, or taking um, worship music or you have time to pray or you just have time, as the Bible says in Psalms, to be still and yeah. know that he's God. And it will look different every day. Yeah. And it will express itself differently every day. But it's okay. And I want people to understand and hear that today. It's okay. Yeah. There, you... The what is there. Yeah. Worship. The how? Get creative. Yeah. And I, you know people who I don't understand? Talk. Okay, you ready? <laughs> I'm okay. so ready. I don't, I don't get journalers. Yeah. It, it, I don't it, get it. It, it boggles. It, uh, there's nothing about that to me. Yeah. That is cathartic but or he, spiritual. And yet. But what I will say about that, though, is when I first became a Christian, so I was probably around, uh, like, really, really took my faith seriously, probably around 16 or 17. Um, my youth pastor at the time actually said, like, what I want you to do is to write in a prayer journal every day. And I, I'm like a 16, 17-year-old kid, like, this is dumb. Why would I do this? Right. But I did it because it was like, well, I said I'm, I'm going to take this thing seriously, so I'll do it. I did it for one year. I still have the journal. And when I look back on it now, 
like the amount of times that God had answered prayer was amazing. But that year was very difficult. It was hard. Mm-hmm. I did it. But what it did for me was it showed me that God does answer prayer. Right. And that he's consistent through it all. So after that, I didn't need to write in a journal anymore. I just knew, hey, when I do pray, God does hear it. Right. Irregardless how I feel or whatever, he'll answer it. It became an automatic. Exactly. And I think that's what, when we talked about in the worship sense. Exactly. Is that worship has to be this automatic thing. So when I grew up, um, faith, the the spiritual gift of faith, Mm. I saw in my family and my mom and my dad on multiple levels Mm. consistently that showed me that faith was real. Yeah. And so for me, the gift of faith, the idea of trusting God to step into a situation when I need him to, Mm. not a problem. Right. Same with the idea of, you know, okay, this is going (laughs) to... This is going to stir some people up. You're just dropping all kinds of things tonight. I'm sorry. But... Okay, money. <laughs> Crypto? <laughs> Not no, tonight, no, no, no. Okay, 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 okay. Money. Yeah. T- tithing. Yep. People hold their money tighter than they hold their faith in God. Right. And for me, I grew up with my parents constantly giving, tithing. Right. Constantly saying, you will go further with 90%. Yeah. of your money than a hundred percent if you don't like when you don't tithe mm-hmm. and, and it didn't make sense but i remember from the time i started working at mcdonald's i started giving and i gotta tell you i've never really felt wanting mm-hmm. i've never got to stepped in and done miracles and done all kinds of things and so it's it's in those moments of worship whether it's yeah. through my finances yeah whether it's seeing my parents in action yeah but there's other areas of my life that I struggle with when it comes to spirituality or to worship that I either didn't see example uh, exemplified or or um, see in action in a way that made me go yeah that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. like the like the journaling thing for you yeah 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 and and so that's why I go back to the ingredient for every single person is different yeah the recipe is this is an apple pie yep right the, the what is the apple pie? Yep. How you get to that apple pie? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. I don't think so either. And I, but that's where I think a lot of other people in leadership would disagree because they would say, oh, it, it does matter how you do that. And my response to that is, well, how's that working out for you? Because ultimately, like we lay out certain things in churches in a way that is very systematic nothing wrong with systematics, but ultimately like what happens is that people feel like they can't bring their own flavor to it. They just have to do kind of certain things the way that it's expected. Mm -hmm. And what I'm, I think what we're both contending for is, you know what, how about we just actually trust people to do what they need to do to actually connect to God on their own. Right. Instead of us force feeding people or babying people, um, you know, forever. I'll give you a good example. Okay. This is going to be a bit gross, 
but but I, but I'm going to say it because I I think this is this is exactly what I think where we're going. Okay, so I had a, I had a buddy who was pastoring. Okay, another pastor. Him and his wife went to go visit. <laughs> You're so scared right now. <laughs> Him and his wife went to go visit a couple in their church, and so while you know like people visit couch couch they're facing each other while they're visiting. Okay, the twelve year old of this couple comes running into the room. You know what he does? He literally lifts up his mom's shirt and starts breastfeeding. 12 years old. What? Okay. You think that's gross? That's what a lot of pastors do with the, with the people that they care for. These people have been in church forever. They've, they're, they're, they have, you know, had these great, you're like losing it. Like they, they've been in church forever. They've been Christians forever. And yet they still have to come through. And they're depending on this person who's a flawed human being to give them their sustenance for the day. Because, oh, I'm, I'm thirsty, pastor. I just need a little bit. <laughs> anyway. Why, why, why did you have to go to an accent? I don't know. Why does everybody have a Southern accent? Just because that's what I think. Okay. I mean, truthfully, that's not a bad analogy. It, it's not. It's it's not off. I think the difference is that the difference I see is the difference between force feeding mm. and giving resources or opportunity. Right? Yeah. Hey, you don't know what to do. Get there's a Bible. Yeah. App. You don't know where to start reading. I wouldn't recommend Deuteronomy. Totally. Right. Like, yes. I, I, things like that. Um, devotionals or or prayer you know like i would tell people you know don't don't necessarily try to start your prayer life at 11 p.m at night when you're totally, tired totally. you'll fall asleep but like when you create the systematic approach to theology yeah and the systematic approach to if you do a plus b plus c equals d yeah when that doesn't necessarily work because yes. it doesn't work for everybody there's a there's a crisis of faith Yes. And so to, to sum it up, it's this idea that everything that we do mm -hmm. is worship. So that little thing you do for your neighbor, that's worship. Mm -hmm. That really, honestly, the mean thoughts that go through your head, mm -hmm. that's there too. Totally. The words that come out of your mouth, the, the tithing, the not tithing. The attitude, the non-attitude, we could li literally give you list a list all of, of it, yeah. all of it. And the, the reality is that it, it's all worship unto God. Mm -hmm. And we think we have to take these gigantic spiritual steps, but in the words of some guy who walked on the moon, one small step for man. Come on, come on. Listen, I didn't pull I, out the... <laughs> I thought you were going to say A.W. Tozer again, and I was like, he never said that. I'm pretty, no, no, not, no, like, what are you talking he, about? He didn't say one small step for man, <laughs> one giant leap for mankind. That wasn't A.W. Tozer. Oh, that'd be so funny. It, but I mean, A.W. Tozer did say, you know, we are what we habitually, repetitively do. Yes. And so when we habitually and repetitively worship God, whether it is reading our Bible, yep. praying, listening to music, journaling, taking time alone, meditating, all those things... Whatever that is, however it looks for you, yeah, you're worshiping God. Now here, this is just one last thing. I, I think this is important. 
So when it comes to people's lives, and we talked about this yesterday, and they disassociate, like you you quoted Tozer, I think it was, um, you know, if you can't worship him seven days a week, what do you, or six days a week, what what do you think, you know? How are you going to worship him on the seventh? Whatever, whatever he said. Um, So why do you think that people in the busyness of life and all those other things, like why, and we're seeing this less and less now, but why is going to church then, like attending something, such a big deal for people, and that is what's associated as as primary worship versus like doing exactly what you're saying on, on a daily basis. Right. Do you remember high school? I and loved high school. The Pavlov Pavlov's dogs theory. Yes. He went out onto the porch and rang a bell. Yeah. And then eventually every time he rang the bell, the dogs knew it was time to eat. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay. I think we, I get it. We, we've come to the conclusion <laughs> over the last X amount of years. Yeah. 50. Oh, longer than long that. Long 80. Longer than that. Right? Whatever it is. Yeah. That the idea of don't forsake gathering yep. and human human nature is to, well, it, we, we better not forsake it, so let's schedule it. Yep. And then, and then Go to the extreme. let's, let's schedule it. Now let's form it. Let's program it. Right. Let's whatever. And we become so accustomed that Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, 1030, 1015, whatever yep. you, you meet your 930, yep. two services, 15 services, whatever it is, that becomes the trigger point for I've done my, I've done my worship. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Except if we forsake Monday to Saturday. Yes. And, and, and that's, I think, the most important part of what we're saying, right? Like, yes. nothing wrong with any of those spiritual activities. But there is something wrong when you're depending on another human being to fulfill your worship side of things. And when all you're doing is consuming one time and not actually living it out on a regular it, basis. And, and I'll just be real honest, since I've been honest all podcasts. Yes. When that becomes whom, who you are, if that is who you are, if you're not sure if that's who you are, mm-hmm. find out if you start complaining about everything in church. And if you're the person complaining about the worship wasn't good enough, the speaking wasn't great, didn't hit home for me today, uh, I didn't like this, I didn't like that, you're that person. Yeah. You're the person who goes for once a week. And I'm sorry if that offended you, but chances are that is who you are. That's totally who they are. Like, we've seen it enough. And, you know, uh, I think the encouragement today is don't be that guy or don't be that gal. Like, when we talk about a relationship with God, what we're wanting for all of the listeners is to actually have a deep-seated relationship with God where you're aware of His presence, not just in a church building, but actually when you're at work and everything's going chaotic, when you're with your kids or with your spouse or with your, you know, partner, when you're with your, um, you know, the people around you, that's when you should be experiencing God's presence the most, not just in a church service where the music is decently good. Yeah, because I actually know 
that if I played uh, three or four songs, yeah, that I could get an instant stand, mm-hmm. hand raise, yeah, and where people would go, oh, that was a good worship service. Yeah. I could tell you four songs right now that would do that in every worship scenario. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily Mm -hmm. what worship's all about. No, because I think it is really about everyday life and loving the people around you and loving God to the best of your ability in everything that you do. Well, that was good. That was a good conversation. I felt strong about it. Good. Well, if uh, we've offended you in any way, we're not apologetic, and uh, my email doesn't work anyway. Um, other, th- <laughs> other, th- <laughs> yeah, there we go. Other than that, um, you know, we do appreciate you, love you, especially South Point folks. Like you're, um, you know, you're you're always top of mind for us. And then on top of it all, for those that might not necessarily have this, you know, relationship with Jesus that we're talking about, or like you're not part of South Point. Listen, what we encourage you to do is to actually start asking questions and finding people in your life to actually talk to to about with this stuff. So that's that. Any, any last words from you? No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you again next week uh, for another podcast on our intentional series. So get ready for that. And, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't do anything crazy like that mom. Anyway, see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>